Hi everyone, I'm Brian Peters and this is The Science of Social Media, a podcast by Buffer, your weekly sandbox for social media stories, insights, experimentation, and learning. Welcome to episode number 79. I'm Haley Griffiths and this week we are chatting about what has to be one of the most frequently asked questions that we get at Buffer. And that's whether or not third-party tools are penalized when it comes to reach and engagement on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We ran a huge study here at Buffer and we're super excited to share the results from that study with everyone today. What was great about this experiment was that we learned a lot more about content on social media than just third-party tools versus native posting. So lots of good stuff to talk about today. Excellent, let's kick it off. Putting your trust as a marketer or brand in third-party social media tools to manage all of your posts can be a bit scary. You might be wondering things like, are my posts getting optimal reach and engagement? Do social media platforms penalize third-party tools? Are third-party tools really worth the cost? Yeah, and these are some of the most common questions that our customer advocates receive on a daily basis. And up until this research, we haven't had any concrete data to say yes or no to whether or not third-party tools affect the reach and engagement of posts. So we were hoping to change that. And for an entire month, with the help of several awesome marketers and brands, we tested more than 200 posts across 35 social media profiles to see exactly how third-party tools stack up versus native posting. In order to make our research as sound as possible, we focused on three factors. One was account variation. In other words, ensuring that we tested multiple third-party social media tools and social accounts. Two was content quality, so ensuring that we tested similar content across platforms. And finally, three was posting consistency, aka making sure that we posted at similar times and frequencies. Yeah, exactly. And the first two account variation and content quality were huge concerns for us. There are hundreds of factors that go into reach and engagement. And so we knew we couldn't create a perfect test, but we could definitely try. So we tried six or seven different third-party tools to help, you know, first reduce bias. So we tested Buffer, obviously, (laughs) Hootsuite, CoSchedule, MeetAger, and a few others. And for content, we posted variations of the same type of content. So links, images, videos, that way we could test links versus images versus videos. And then of course, you know, links versus other links, videos versus other videos, et cetera. And like we mentioned, we were super lucky to have the help of 11 different great brands and marketers in this study. When all was said and done, we had data on over a hundred different posts across Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter from those 11 brands alone including another 100 or so that we posted on Buffer's social accounts. So all that to say, we tried our very best to do our due diligence and create a really trustworthy study for you all. And now for the results. All right, Haley, I'm just going to cut to the chase here because I think there are lots of other great findings that I love to talk about today. So without further ado, do third-party tools negatively affect reach and engagement on social media? The answer is no. Oh, it's good to know. (laughs) We did not find a significant difference in social media reach and engagement, whether we posted on third-party tools or native to each network. And as you might expect, some pieces of content perform better than others, no matter how, where, when they were posted. 
Honestly, Brian, when I first found out about this study, I was not sure what we were going to find. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't too surprising to me, as I think this is one of those things that sort of starts out as a rumor and grows into something bigger, like just snowballs, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, but if you'd like to check out the full results from our study, it's up on the Buffer blog now at blog.buffer.com. We also have a downloadable spreadsheet within that post you can use to run your own third-party versus native posting experiment. We're always fans of experimentation and spreadsheets and getting your own data, so you're welcome to grab that. Okay, so first let's compare the numbers for the main component of our experiment. So that's, you know, the, the main part, how third-party tools perform versus native posting in regards to reach and impressions on each social network. Uh, first off, Facebook third-party tools actually held an advantage there with a total reach of 81,600 compared to native posting reach of 79,400, so just about 2,000 more reach on Facebook. And on Twitter, native posting held the advantage with total impressions count of 975,000 compared to a third-party tools impression count of 950,000. And finally, on LinkedIn, third-party tools came away with the advantage over native posting with a total reach of 63,000 compared to 54,600. Yeah, so Haley, what these results kind of tell me is that there's not a huge difference at all between the two, if a difference at all. In diving into the data even further, it seems a kind of a bit random. Some content went viral with native posting and some content went quote-unquote viral with third-party tools. Exactly. And I bet if we ran these tests over again, we'd see completely different results. It would be just as random. So it really all comes down to, and I know a lot of our listeners are probably saying this out loud <laughs> to us right now, it all comes down to content. Content is the number one factor that determines reach and engagement on social media. That's so true. I, I can see everyone kind of yelling at us right now through their, through their <laughs> headphones. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I think that it all comes down to content seems like an obvious point, but all too often, and I'm a hundred percent guilty of this myself at Buffer, you know, when I was running social media and creating content is that we want to point a finger at external sources, uh, when our content doesn't perform well, whatever they may be. So, you know, like the networks themselves, the tools, the algorithm, et cetera. But from what I found and what this, what this experiment in the study has shown is that if the content is good, I mean, really good. It'll thrive on social and elsewhere, kind of no matter what. That, Brian, is a perfect transition into our three biggest takeaways from this study that we had no idea we would walk away with. So <laughs> bonus for us and for our podcast listeners. <laughs> the number one takeaway that we got out of this experiment like we just alluded to, is that content is the most important factor that determines social media posting success. It matters more than timing and frequency. And it matters more than whether or not we posted natively to each network or through a third-party social media tool. Exactly. And with the recent changes to Facebook algorithm, creating content that makes people react and engage is more important than ever. It's like, it's almost like we have a new definition for great content. It used to be that anything that gets clicks and likes is great. Now likes and clicks are what Facebook is deeming as passive engagement. So I guess, you know, moving forward, great content can be defined by interactions, conversations, shares, and comments, a total shift to active engagement with content from users. 
Our number two takeaway from the study is the incredible power of video content on social. We've talked about the importance of video marketing lots on the Buffer blog in the past, and we've certainly mentioned the video trend here on the Buffer podcast. But now, for the first time ever, we have our very own data to back those statements up. (laughs) Yes, it feels great that we're on the right track here, Haley. (laughs) So get this, video content outperformed link content and images and GIFs content by more than 72% on Facebook and Twitter. In other words, video content received 72% more organic engagement than links and images. That's incredible. And I've noticed that some brands only create video content for social. That's the only type of content that they share on social media. And I'd expect to see that increase in 2018. And of course, rumor has it that LinkedIn will be opening up a native video posting for brands sometime in 2018 as well. So that's pretty awesome on the video front. Can't wait for that. Definitely. So whether networks are prioritizing videos in their algorithms or people truly do enjoy interacting with videos over all other types of posts, we highly recommend experimenting with and embracing video content moving forward across all of your social media platforms. And last but not least, our final takeaway from the study has to do with time and productivity. So folks that work and are successful in the social media industry, like I'm sure most of our listeners are, Know that it can take a ton of time and effort to create amazing content and grow your social media accounts. You know, planning, uploading, and posting to social media natively turned out to be a major challenge for us. We found ourselves quite often forgetting to upload a tweet or Facebook post at a certain time, and then we lost track of them, and all of a sudden we weren't posting. (laughs) So it it was a very slippery slope from there. What a nightmare. Yeah, that can be a huge challenge. And quite ironically, during the few weeks where we were posting natively, we ended up using Buffer to like store all of our content (laughs) so that we could quickly copy and paste the image and caption to each social network. So we're not sure what we would have done without that over the course of the native experiment. Might have been a little crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So for us, utilizing a social media tool like Buffer or Hootsuite, CoSchedule, or any of the other great tools out there that you might enjoy using is how we're able to ship great content consistently and on time. At this point, you might be excited to run some third-party versus native posting experiments of your own. I know I would be. While it's great to read studies and listen to studies like this one, every brand's results on social media might look a little different. You might rest a little easier at night knowing for sure that your social media posts aren't being penalized for using a third-party tool. Definitely. I feel like that could be a valuable thing to bring to your boss, too, if they're wondering (laughs) why you need to use a third-party tool. Feel free to head on over to blog.buffer.com, or we've also included the link to the full study in this episode's description. We would love to hear how your experiments turn out if that's something you end up doing. Plus, if you have any questions about our study or simply want to say hello, feel free to tag us anytime using the hashtag BufferPodcast. And next Monday, we'll be covering the latest news and updates in social media. We hope to see you there.